Pumps and Systems podcast. I'm your host, Drew Champlin, managing editor of Pumps and Systems magazine, and you can visit us on the web at pumpsandsystems.com. Today, we're going to be talking to Nolan Anderson and Mike Compton of John Crane about the challenges being faced in the pulp and paper mills today, especially in light of the coronavirus pandemic and what could happen going forward this year. So please search and subscribe to our podcast on all podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. Uh, you name it, it's there. Also go to pumpsandsystems.com slash podcast. And want to thank John Crane for being the sponsor of this podcast. And you'll hear more about John Crane a few minutes in. So let's get to know our speakers. Uh, first off, uh, Nolan Anderson, uh, welcome to the podcast. Just kind of tell us about yourself. Uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, um, I work out of the uh, the John Crane's Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana Service Center. I've been with John Crane for the better part of the last 30 years. The first half of that uh, was in a field uh, sales service role, working in East Texas and South Louisiana. And then the last half of my career, um, I've been the regional manager essentially Louisiana, Arkansas, cutting across Mississippi down to the panhandle of Florida. And uh, in, in that responsibility, I have roughly 30 paper mills in my responsibility. And my territory basically butts up next to Mike Compton's. Okay. Yeah, that's a good, good segue into Mike Compton. Mike, uh, welcome into the podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself as well? Definitely, Drew. Thank you for having us. Um, like Nolan, I'm a district sales manager. I'm based out of our Atlanta Super Center, and I'm responsible to a team that covers Mississippi, eastern to Florida, upwards to Tennessee, and all the way up to North Carolina. Um, I've been with John Crane coming up on four years, but I've been in the industry for about 30. And my first half of my career, I spent in the pump industry and this latter half um, in the mechanical seal industry. And likewise, my region as well has upwards of 30 mills making everything from paper to tissue to container board and the like. Good deal. It looks like with the two of you guys' territory that we cover a, a good portion of the United States, especially in the Southeast region. So um, first off, uh, let's introduce the basics of pulp and paper here. Mike, what are we talking about? Well, for us, we have a pretty unique experience in the pulp and paper industry. Um, we're a specialty product for sure but it's one that's required in almost every piece of rotating equipment you may see at a mill. Um, specifically, anything in the production of graphic paper, um, tissue, container board, packaging, pulp, fluff, uh, and the like. Basically, you're looking at turning wood chips you know, into a paper product you know, from one end of the mill to the other and very simplistic ideas. Um, but specifically, there are a lot of processes, as you will find, will have extensive experience, whether it's you know hot water for turning trees or wood chips uh, from being a hard material into something softer, uh, in refiners, chests, fluffers, in the bleaching process especially, um, pulpers and evaporators, paper machines, um, and also too as well, you'll find this you know on-site power generation, even all the way to the water treatment side of things. So, other than just mentioning how you take trees or recycled fibers and then make a final product at the end. There are so many processes throughout the center that, of which we're involved. Nolan, is there anything you would like to add to that? 
it's it's a very unique industry and um, it, it can be a real fascinating industry to know that you can start from a, a living growing tree chop it down into chips chemically treat it and come up with fibers at the end that go to make every kind of paper product that you can imagine uh, like mike was saying from tissues to fine paper to liner board you name it it's it's something we kind of take for granted but it's a it's a, a real neat industry yeah, no question. Well, Nolan, in, in this process, what pumps and systems components are being used? Yeah, so in, a, in your average uh, fully integrated paper mill, they have a very high percentage of rotating equipment compared to other industries. And a lot of, lot of pumps, of course, uh, overhung centrifugals to multi-stage pumps to a lot of different um, mixers, agitators, and then you drill down into the specialty equipment that you'll really only find in their industry, everything from screens to nodders, refiners, and then the paper machines themselves are, are real elaborate, um, um, intricate pieces of equipment, rotating equipment that we work with. Mike, is there anything you want to add to that? Uh, Nolan covered quite an extensive array of equipment that we certainly have experience with at a paper mill, but some of the others might be ANSI and suction pumps, paper stock pumps, medium consistency, and various liquor type pumps, fan pumps, especially. Uh, also, mixers, agitators, vessels, uh, and the like. And now a word from our sponsor. John Crane is a global leader in rotating equipment solutions, supplying engineered technologies and services to process industries. The company designs and manufactures a variety of products, including mechanical seals and systems, couplings, filtration systems, and predictive digital monitoring technologies. John Crane customer service is accessed through a global network of more than 200 sales and service facilities in over 50 countries. Visit John Crane on the web at johncrane.com. That's J-O-H-N-C-R-A-N-E.com. Now we will return you back to the podcast. Well, Nolan, uh, how has the pulp and paper industry been impacted by the coronavirus pandemic, which we're pretty much going on almost a year here in the United States, if not longer, and, and what makes this industry unique from others? Yeah, so just like every industry, COVID's um, impacted the, the pulp and paper industry kind of in, in two different major ways. Uh, like a lot of industries, they have winners and losers. And on the losing side, um, COVID basically changed a shift, something that was kind of already in way. But if you were a mill that was making paper that went to print media in particular, um, that business was already in decline, just as more and more people are, are going to online um, services and, and less paper and less uh, magazines, print media. So COVID really hurt that 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 segment in in a very big way. But if you were on the side that made anything from tissue that went to uh, toilet paper to paper towels to disposable wipes, um, your business went through the roof as people were hoarding and and just demand changed. And the other big impact was if if your mill made. Um, the board materials that are used uh, to make cardboard. Um, that was the other big shift as things went to online purchasing. There's been so much more packages uh, shipped online now. So the board side has, has done extremely, extremely well. The, the other way COVID's impacted their industry is 
um, like like other industries, it it uh, it really impacted uh, supply chain. It showed some showed some vulnerabilities that existed out there uh, with supply chain, and also, of course, with just staff. The paper industry, um, I think, in general, contracts out a lot of their uh, their manual labor. And so any, any kind of disruptions that you have from COVID illnesses, uh, supply chain and manpower, they've, they felt it and had to, had to address that. Okay, Mike. So how do pulp and paper mills use water in their processes and what do they do either from a technology or reliability perspective to reduce these costs? Uh, yeah, this is quite a big question. So wood and water are the two most used materials to make paper by far and I've always heard that pulp that enters a paper machine is about 95% water or more. And I also seem to remember that to make a sheet of paper, it takes about three gallons of water. And my numbers may not be entirely accurate, but it just shows you how many millions of gallons of water that they can use each day. So where this water is used is basically everywhere. Water is needed throughout the entire paper making process. It's used with chemicals to break down and cook the wood chips in the pulp even the cool equipment, the heat transfer medium, um, washing the pulp wood between processes, even uses as general plant water or makeup water to generate steam. You know, from our side, um, it's even just as simple as being used to make seal flush water. So to save it, really when it comes down to is mills need to minimize their water usage. And in my experience, it's just really challenging for a mill and especially in the different areas of a mill to understand, I guess, the, the true cost of water. Um, but basically, the way I look at it, the mill really needs to strive to be a, a closed loop system, for example. You know, they have to consider their water intake, you know, how they use that water, where it's lost. Um, then even remember how to treat it, um, and even how to reuse it. So really from beginning to end um, helps them when it concerns water conservation and, and trying to keep the cost down, especially now. I mean, there's a heavy focus on environmental impact. And what I see is some really nice new treatment technologies that are being used, you know, for water reuse, for water recovery, um, and even more efficient equipment that uses less water, you know, throughout the various processes throughout the mill. Those are some key areas where they can see some immediate improvement. Um, but our experience lies really in the technology and the reliability side, considering the mill's rotating equipment like pumps and such. Increasing equipment reliability, like Nolan mentioned, you know, that's key. Mill personnel and mill teams, I mean, they're, they're fewer on site and, and they're strained. And this is where our expertise makes a great impact on water and cost savings. Okay, Nolan, so in 2020, consumer and business priorities changed. From a reliability perspective, how did the pulp and paper mills get impacted from those changes? You know, an example I could think of would be the increase of purchasing of home goods like toilet paper cleaning materials. Here, did the reliability programs give the mills an edge on dealing with these impacts? Yeah, um, from from our perspective, I, I think they were impacted directly. And I think that the the mills that had aligned themselves with vendors that were working uh, integrally with them with reliability programs, 
I, I think they had an edge over others. The, the one thing that COVID exposed was how vulnerable some of the supply chains were. And so if you were partnered with a, with a, um, a, re, a reliability uh, type contract with somebody that had multiple locations to support you from a manufacturing standpoint um, to a distribution standpoint, you were better prepared uh, to be able to deal with the disruptions that happened to everybody along the way. So I, I think, you know, the paper industry was already heading more and more into this, this type of relationship with vendors, focusing on reliability. I think COVID has just um, pushed it further in place because it shows the value in having these things in place as, as an additional safeguard to keep your reliability at its highest. Okay, Mike. So looking at this year, 2021, we're now dealing with other issues such as weather, uh, still in the coronavirus pandemic, you know, the frustration with people reductions at the mill. Uh, what is going on with the mill from an asset management and reliability perspective that makes it easier to manage these issues? You're right. I mean, surprise or unplanned events just catch catches the mill off guard all the time. Weather and COVID are perfect examples of that. But I'll kind of go back to our earlier comments that just having fewer mill personnel on site and higher demands upon them really just exaggerate these issues. And equipment like reliability is key. I mean, it, it always has been. But there are some exciting advancements in technology that are out there being used now and ones that are on the horizon that are being developed. Something as simple as vibration and temperature monitors on pumps is a great example. We see them more and more out in the field. I mean, these types of devices can even be used with your iPhone as far as mill personnel walking by just to get an understanding of what's happening to that equipment in real time. Um, there are also similar but more elaborate conditioning monitoring equipment and sensors that are really used to identify system update, upsets, I should say, not updates, upsets, um, to watch critical pieces of equipment and to really see trouble before it happens. But where I see some of the greatest impact being made on the reliability side, really in our case, is with dedicated on-site reliability engineers that you know, work in partnership with mill personnel and even a software platform that allows for input and tracking of equipment of, of entire areas throughout the whole mill. Um, these in-person assets are incredibly valued just to try to help understand all these different monitors and these devices and also to help you know, wean maybe a mill away from that automatic idea of just, you know, replacing old seals with new seals, you know, for example. But for me, it's, it really comes down to the need to investigate and understand why failures happen, why we get into trouble, you know, why equipment goes down, and just not to repeat history and, and not to continue to make bad choices. Um, I mean, mill, re mill reliability personnel already have their hands full. So what I've seen from mills that have been the most successful in uh, adapting and working around coronavirus and these upsets are those that really embrace the reliability culture or reliability mindset towards identifying and, and making improvements. Okay, Nolan, so mills have big expectations from their vendors, and you're always you know, having to show improvement value to the mills. What future reliability programs are coming into play with the industry to deal with these expectations? Yeah, that's a, 
It's a great question, and, and something I should have mentioned earlier uh, when we were talking about the pulp and paper industry, that the thing that's really unique about their industry, um, which, which makes it a real challenge for them, they have a disproportionate number of critical equipment that runs without inline spares, in that if, if they have a problem on a pump or on an agitator, um, a lot of times they have to either limp into a scheduled outage or they actually have to shut down to change that piece of equipment to do that repair. And so kind of what we had mentioned earlier, the, the, the advantage of these reliability programs that more and more of the mills are partnering with vendors doing right now, it puts them in a better position of being out in front of a problem. When you have a technician or an engineer an asset that's actually in place in that paper mill, um, somebody that is actually focusing on a uh, specific uh, application or a specific uh, piece of equipment, I, I think you're they're they're more inclined to catch and be out in front of a potential problem before it actually becomes a problem, and then you can put that on the radar to where it can get to the next scheduled maintenance as, as uh, maintenance outage as a priority. And that's where I see the industry moving more and more. It's for the paper mills. They're only making money when they have, uh, they, they focus on runability. They want to be able to run as long and as scheduled as possible without unscheduled outages. So I, I see the future moving more and more towards uh, predictive reliability programs and, um, that, that seems to be the future, and I think COVID and these weather events are, are pushing that along the way. Okay, well, yeah, that's a great way to wrap up uh, how the pulp paper industry is dealing with all the crisis over the last year and, and going ahead. Uh, Nolan Anderson and Mike Compton of John Crane, I want to thank you guys for your time and your expertise. Well, thanks for having us. We enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much, Drew. Absolutely. That will wrap up this edition of the Pumps and Systems Podcast. You can search and subscribe on any podcast platform such as Apple, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud. Go to pumpsandsystems.com slash podcast for more. Please email me the host, uh, Drew Champlin, D-C-H-A-M-P-L-I-N at Cahaba Media. That's C-A-H-A-B-A. M-E-D-I-A.com, dchamplin at kahabamedia.com. Also want to thank John Crane for being the sponsor of the podcast. Visit them on the web, johncrane.com. That's J-O-H-N-C-R-A-N-E.com. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.